0: Our special guest today is nick young nick and i have been friends since freshman year of college and now he's off living it up in the city san francisco that is nick will talk us through what it's like growing up in silicon valley and how he is handling adulting so far and now here's nick all the other people in the pursuit of purpose all the other 20-somethings not sure what the heck they want to do with their life so
1: let's figure it out together with your host a 23 year old in a continual transition state of life herself, Ariana Sweetnich. Hey
0: everyone, I recently got the chance to catch up with two of my old college friends from Santa Clara University, Nick Young and Wesley Longsworth. I know we haven't had as many men on the show yet or guests with traditional nine to five jobs. So you asked and I listened. Tune in for these next three episodes to hear more from the male perspective on this 20 something decade. Our special guest today is Nick Young. Nick and I have been friends since freshman year of college and now he's off living it up in the city, San Francisco that is. Nick will talk us through what it's like growing up in Silicon Valley and how he is handling adulting so far. And now here's Nick.
1: Hey, Nick, thanks for joining us. Can you give the listeners a brief introduction about who you are and what makes you, Nick?
2: Sure, absolutely. Happy to be here with you today. Um, so my name's Nick Young. Um, I graduated from Santa Clara University a couple years ago. Uh, I live in San Francisco now. I work as a consulting analyst at Accenture. Um and what makes me me is it's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of it is uh, I grew up in the Silicon Valley mm-hmm. um, and always been around technology. Um, and when I was really young, I had the opportunity to work at Facebook. Um, so I was one of the youngest people to ever work there at 16. Um, and that sort of like shaped my life because I found out what I really like to do um, and it's has helped guide me to figure out what I wanna do later on.
1: And what did it, what was it that you, did at Facebook? What did you realize that you really like to do?
2: I think for me is, um, and I think a lot of people now are starting to realize this is that it is possible to work on something that you really care about, um, and also that you can make a difference in what you're doing, and that um, you know when you sort of when you graduate and you like start to start to work and you realize that the eight hour days are really long, um, that it's important to like actually do what you care about, and that if you're mindful about it, you can actually make the decisions to do things that you care about. And so when you wake up in the morning, you don't dread waking up and you don't dread going to bed or you don't dread that Sunday's coming around and you actually have to do something that you don't like to do.
1: So being more intentional about selecting the job that you're going to devote most of your time to.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think it's being a little bit more purposeful in what what you want to do. And I think that's something that when you grow up, like you have... Um, a structure right you you go to school for the first like 22 years of your life you know that you have to wake up you have to go to class you have to do your homework you have to take this test so that you can get into college and all of that but like when you graduate you don't really there's nothing designed or nobody tells you what to do there's no handbook or or syllabus that tells you how to live like the rest of your life until you um until you no longer do. And so I think that's the the trickiest part about being in your 20s is that um, you kind of wake up one day and you realize that you are totally responsible for what you want to do. That if you don't want to go to work, that you don't have to go to work, (laughs) but obviously there are consequences if you don't go to work because rent still needs to get paid. Um, But that you can actually do what you want to do, whether it is like pick up everything and sell it and go somewhere else or if you want to... um,
0: down re-architect somewhere.
2: yeah exactly so that you can totally do what you want to do and that it's not um, although like society and life like might have something that's prescribed for you you don't necessarily need to follow it and that it's okay to not do that
1: mm-hmm. so starting at Facebook at 16 that's really young age to get going in the tech slash business world how did that all play out how did you come upon that role how did you balance that with high school yeah
2: absolutely. Well, I would say I have like uh, a unique upbringing. So grew up in Silicon Valley. My dad worked in tech. um, And I still remember in middle school, uh, this was around the time like we'd have like vacation. And my dad said, I don't know why he came up with this. But he was like, well, you can go outside and you can do yard work uh, on your day off today. Or you can come with me to work and you can see if you like these computers and whatnot. Mm. And I was like, well, I don't really want to work outside. So that sounds like a really good option. And so I went with him to work. Um, and it was fun because like, I got to go with like my dad to work and, you know, it's kind of like a take your kids to work day that yep. I didn't get to do with him. Um, so we'd go up there and like, I just realized that I really enjoy technology. And I thought it was really cool that anybody at any age, especially being in like sixth grade could go in and, and have an impact. And so I did that and continuing through high school, I created my own Apple web blog where we were talking about Apple technology and reviews. Um, and that sort of pushed me into an area where I had this understanding of Apple technology um, and Facebook at the time was growing like crazy and I was able to get an introduction to somebody who worked at Facebook uh, which led to an internship Uh, and I was able to work there over the summer loved it there's free food and as Mm -hmm. like a 16 year old that's the only thing that you care is food and like technology and anything you could want Um, and the high school I was going to at the time we got out early on on Fridays so I was able to persuade the people I was working with at Facebook to let me continue to work throughout the school year. And I could work, and I would come to work on Fridays. Mm-hmm. And the Fridays became like my favorite days to go because I didn't really like school. I thought school was good, um, but like never something that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it gave me the opportunity and that outlet to kind of explore what I really cared about, uh, which was technology. And there's these really interesting problems we got to work on um, because they weren't problems that you could Google and like find the answer for. You really had to sit down and think about it. Um, use your brain exactly it's to really like use your brain and like be creative and think outside the box um, and those are like the, the kinds of things that I really enjoyed like I would enjoy staying there at like seven o'clock on a Friday to really figure out what's going on because it was genuinely interesting for me
1: yeah it sounds like a much more practical way of learning things about life and everything rather yeah. than just sitting in a classroom
2: exactly because you can like sit in class and you can learn about history and you're like well, that happened so long ago, like that doesn't really, you know, how is that? How it's really hard as like a 13, 14 year fourteen-year-old to understand how that's relevant to your life, and so I always had a, a hard time connecting with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but with technology, that I think there was um, a real connection, or I could see the value in what I was doing, and so for me, that's what got me interested.
1: Awesome. So, did you ever feel like pressure growing up um, in the in the Silicon Valley to like succeed or perform?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I don't know if it's just like my family is weird, but I think like growing up here, um, and funny enough, I had a conversation with somebody at lunch today, and it's like, when you look at Silicon Valley, it's very much when you have conversations with people, uh, like one of the first things people ask is like, what do you do? Mm. Where do you work? Oh, you work in software engineering. Okay, like what tech company do you work for? And that's kind of like the main conversation, and that's mostly what you talk about. Versus in other places like New York, for example, Um, you're in a city that's got such diversity of people, culture, interest, um, that I think it becomes a lot more about the type of person you are, um, and what you're pursuing rather than, um, like writing some code or how much money you just raised in your latest, like fundraising round. (laughs) So the types of conversations I think are different than what you'd normally expect. Um, and as a result of it, like in Silicon Valley, it's very much like goal oriented and goal setting, which don't get me wrong. I think goal setting is like good. Um, and you need that to understand where you're going and making sure that you're going directionally the right way. But I think sometimes it can be, um, a lot of like downward pressure to make sure that you're, you're doing things. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think for me, like, especially at school, it was in college, it was very much about like, Okay, Nick, like it's senior year, so so what job are you gonna what what full time offer are you gonna sign? What are you gonna do? What are you
1: gonna do after you graduate? Exactly. Like and it the number one question that everyone dreads. <laughs>
2: exactly. What are you gonna do? And like my parents, in in college I was working at Facebook and I had the opportunity to do that. But even my parents were like, Hey, like by the time we were um, by the time Thanksgiving came around for them, they knew where they were working. And wow. so this pressure of like, well, like you know, get your act together because mm. you know the money stops coming. So you better figure out what you're gonna do. Wow. Um, and so I think there's a lot of pressure from that standpoint to really figure out what you want to do, uh, or not really what you want to do. Of what are you going to do so that you can support yourself and and kind of live and do that. So it's uh, I think it's I think it's part of the Silicon Valley of you know you gotta you gotta have this um, your ducks lined up really fast.
1: Yeah. So totally. it's kind of tough. Totally. Yeah. Um, so working at Facebook for like basically your whole teenage life, you probably yeah. had a very nice resume. You could have applied anywhere. How did you pick which jobs to apply to? How, do you, how did you pick what you wanted to do next?
2: Yeah. I think for me, a lot of the conversations that I had with my parents or family, friends, um, it kind of, it, it looked more of what do you want to do one day? Uh, and I'd say that I have very entrepreneurial aspirations. And so I'd love to be able to run my own company one day. Um, and it was looking at what are the skill sets that I had now. And I had a lot of really good technical skills since we were solving a lot of these, um, software problems. And what I really didn't have was a lot of the traditional business skills, um, that I think make somebody like a great CEO, um, to be able to talk to both sides. Mm -hmm. And so what I wanted to do is make sure that I was getting skills that would sort of keep me. Uh, like kind of like this whole person. Um, and go, exactly. And like, I think it's kind of like borrowing from the Jesuits going to, I could be going to Santa Clara, it's like mm-hmm. building that whole person. Yeah. And so I didn't want to be, you know, like too heavy on one side. So, what really stuck out to me was consulting mm-hmm. because you had the opportunity to, you know, one, work with lots of different companies and people, but two, you get to go into these, um, these problems and these situations that are always changing and you have to learn really fast. Mm. um, how to adapt to these different environments. So for me, that was really attractive as well as, you know, being able to travel and get all the points and all that stuff. I, it was really, it was really, um, a good selling point for me as well.
1: Yeah. It sounds like the kind of job where no one day is the same and you're always on your toes.
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think the, the interesting thing was, is like, given what I learned is I kind of look now is there's kind of like these two like main branches. Like there's a traditional, um, you know, graduating from school, doing like a more business degree, like people go to like investment banking or consulting, Mm -hmm. but then on the complete opposite side, there's like tech Mm -hmm. and a lot of people like try and go from investment banking or consult, mostly consulting, uh, to tech. And so it's interesting coming from the other side where you have that, like the side that everyone's trying to go to, Mm -hmm. um, and, and purposely, um, putting yourself in on the other side where you're kind of trying to figure out how consulting works.
1: And what was the hardest part in all of that for you? Uh,
2: I, what I find to be hard right now is, um, really having to change like the way that I think and like my mindset. Um, I think when you're approaching more technical problems, you like whiteboard out and and the way of thinking is very much like working together and like collaborating um, and not necessarily having the right solution, but but kind of throwing stuff and, and seeing what works um, and being okay with something that's not perfect versus in like this sort of consulting realm um, because it's professional services and it's for a client. Um, everything that you need to do, like that you share with them pretty much has to be perfect. And when you're having conversations with them, it's, you know, it's always trying to pre- present the best version of yourself. And I think that's really hard sometimes because, um, you know, we're all human beings and we all have our imperfections and it's, it's really hard sometimes to be like a hundred percent perfect all the time.
1: Yeah. On your game all the time. Yeah. are letting them see you sweat.
2: Exactly. And so I think that's been kind of a challenge as well as, um, the, the kinds of problems. They're different when you're like, when you, when you think about solving like, uh, versus like building an iPhone app versus like building like a pricing model for a company and i think they're completely like different things in the way that you think about it they're both at the end of the day i think super important but the skills that you use and the way that you like go and solve those problems are are really different and um it's kind of funny because i feel like i don't i don't know what's the right one they're like mm-hmm. what's good but i feel like i'm learning all these things which i I think at the end of the day, that's the most important thing.
1: Yeah, it sounds like you're getting what you wanted out of it, like learning to be more of a well-rounded individual who is able to use every part of their brain and um, different types of um, problem-solving skills and stuff. So that's great. Um, so you moved to a new city for your job? Yep. And how does that move for you? How was like starting your adult life in a new place
2: it was weird and tough i think at the same time um i would say i wouldn't say that i'm the most introspective person um and my parents also live like an hour away and grew up sort of in the area but not really san francisco is still a new city um but it took me a while to realize that i live in the city i've i've lived in the same place for a year and a half now Um, but I still don't know if I call it home. Mm. It's kind of like a, it's an odd place. Like I know it's, it's not like school where, you know, it's like very, very much a transient place and that every year you're going to kind of live in a new spot. Um, but living in San Francisco, uh, I think, I think it's hard because I haven't identified it as home as much. And I don't know if that's, um, that's if I call it like have a community or a sense of, uh, a place here in san francisco because it, although it's a small city it's still a big city and it's you know you're a 24 year old trying to find your place and yeah. figure out you know you have a new you have a new job coupled with like living in a completely new place it's mm-hmm. it's a little weird so
1: it's a lot of firsts
2: it's a lot of firsts yeah exactly and trying to trying to figure out because i think like we were talking about before it's like you can really do whatever you want to do here um and it's about like asking the questions to figure out what's right for you yeah, or what you find
1: your niche in your community, yeah in your place exactly. what have you found to be helpful when it comes to that um, like besides meeting people through work, is there any other way that you've met people who you've connected with?
2: I think I would say that I'm really lucky in the sense that the analysts that I've worked with um so I started with nine other people. What's been really helpful is just meeting them because. Um, I think we have a lot of, it kind of reminds me of like clubs and like fraternity sororities at school where, um, you kind of got picked by this organization and they kind of vet you to say like, okay, cool. Like Nick's, you know, smart, talented, uh, individual. And here's like nine other people who are. So it's been helpful because I've been able to meet a lot of other people who I, you know, probably wouldn't have met without, um, without the firm. Um, so I think that's, that's been like my main source of like, friendship Friendship, Mm -hmm. because I get to find people who I don't work with every day, which I think is really helpful, Mm -hmm. but still people who, you know, I can, I can lean on and and talk to and, and they have friends of friends as well as like, there's a corporate soccer league that I like go and play on, which has been a lot of fun. Um, but also I think too, like roommates, like for example, I live with, uh, I studied abroad with Josh in Hong Kong and he's one of my roommates, but he also has friends here. Mm. And so it's been helpful to kind of meet friends of friends and meet all these different people yeah, because I
1: feel like it's hard sometimes if you are living in a city there are so many people that it could feel very lonely if you don't know that many people.
2: Yeah, exactly. Have you ever
1: felt that, or you feel like you've always been pretty well connected?
2: Um I mean, I definitely feel like that at times, mm-hmm. like there are people who i don't i wouldn't say, I would say that I don't hang out with too many people from Santa Clara um but that it is hard to like go and like meet people outside like i i would like to think that i that i like have the ability to like talk <laughs> to other people but it's still like hard right to to get up the courage to go and like talk to somebody else mm-hmm. or even like friends of friends um like building those connections to be able to to be friends enough to go and and talk and go do things with the person who is a friend of a friend right mm-hmm. because you for the most part then you you're you're more labeled as you know josh's friend or ethan's friend um and it's, it's hard to develop, like, those relationships where it becomes okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's, like, part of, like, just social or social constructs or whatnot. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, like...
1: <laughs> learning to be socially competent. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Or learning that it's, like, oh, that, you know, at the end of the day that everybody has these, like, same... Insecurities. In- insecurities and needs and wants. And, like, everyone wants to be loved and, and uh, happy and all. And, be- mm-hmm. yeah, find their sense of belonging. So, yeah. Um, You know, like like I said, there's no like book on how to like live. If if you if you write one, let me know.
1: Actually, just go to the health help (laughs) section.
2: (laughs) Sounds like I need to go to the I need to go to a bookstore after this. No,
1: it sounds like you got Uh, it all figured
2: out. But yeah, it's tough. It's tough. There's it's not easy. I think.
1: Yeah, and so from the outside, your life's looking pretty great. You love your job. You're living in San Francisco, sort of living the dream as a younger twenty-something. Yeah. What. Do people not see or, you know, life isn't perfect? So what, what, what are some downsides, all of that? Do you ever feel pressured? Do you feel like you're going to burn out soon?
2: Yeah, I think the, I think there's a couple things. I think one is, um, people think that you have everything together or, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously it's a day by day sort of, you know, trying to build everything as you go. Um, two, I think uh, you're always, and I don't know if this is just the industry that I work in, but it's very much on every day, like measuring what you're doing. Um, and you know, it's like, you have these reviews like every year it's like, okay, so like, what are you doing to build your story to make sure that you are like getting to the next level and continuing to progress? I think that's good to some degree so that you know that you're doing the right thing. But what that comes down to on a day-to-day basis is, you know am i am i picking the right thing to be working on yeah. or am i doing that and i think sometimes it might force you to do things that you don't want to do yeah. or not allow you to pursue those like jobs and projects or interests that you want to do and you're sort of doing things so that you check a box off on paper but not necessarily something that you like and so i think it's um it's very tough to be you know conscious and mindful of of making sure that what you're doing like day to day for work Um, also lines up with like what you want to do um,
1: personally yeah personally what would the percentage be that you say that you of perhaps tasks or projects that you work on that you feel emotionally invested in and then that you just feel like you need to do to check off a box
2: um I don't know I would say it's probably like 20 20 20 25 percent of what i you know of being really passionate and really care about what i do and the other 75 percent is a lot of um box checking
1: so majority is um doing doing that box checking where but that's good to know for people because i feel like sometimes you get discouraged because you focus on the 80% of the box checking and you don't look at the 20% that you actually are doing things that you love. And so you feel confined by your job or you feel like it's not a job you're passionate about, but it sounds like you're looking at it from the opposite view of you feel very fortunate to be able to have a job where you can devote 20% of your time to things that you really care about.
2: Yeah. And I think too, it's, it's also like being strategic about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that a, a big lesson that I've learned is that um, if you want to do something, um, that you are absolutely 100% in charge and you can make that happen. Um, and I think at times that can be very intimidating, especially like working at a really big organization where you don't know people. Um, and it's hard to like meet people in person, I would say. But if you want to do I think, What's encouraging for me is that um, you know I have the i have I'm not confined by what I do um, at at my level, like nobody will say like you Nick, you absolutely must do this job or this project. Um, I can say no, mm-hmm. and it's okay, mm-hmm. but if I want to do something that I'm really interested in, um, I can like make that happen and so for me, that's what's encouraging
1: so you have good boundaries and you also don't put. A limit on yourself, either of the possibilities.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think it's hard because I think when you're um, younger or you just get into the workforce um, and you're working with people who are more senior than you, it's kind of intimidating or it's it feels uncomfortable to say no Mm -hmm. or to Mm -hmm. push back. And so I think it's important to realize that you know it's you can do that and Mm -hmm. it's okay. I think there's a balance to that, but
1: yeah, yeah. of course, everything in moderation. Yeah. but that sounds like you have pretty good self-confidence. How, do you, how did you get to this point? Or have you always been this way? Or what do you do on a daily basis to help bring the confidence up? Because I know a lot of people struggle with that.
2: Yeah, I think, I think I'm very lucky in the sense that I have like very supportive parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can ask them. They, my mom used to work at Ernst & Young for a long time. And so it's very similar like professional services environment where I feel comfortable asking her like, Hey, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm going to these, like, for example, like I'm going to these meetings and I don't really know, like, should I be talking in these meetings? Should I not be? And it's like, Oh, Nick, well just go ask your manager and figure out like what expectations are. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think I'm lucky in the sense where I have the, the resources to ask people and the support for that. Yeah. Um, and
1: that's amazing that you're not afraid to ask for help because a lot of people are.
2: Yeah. I would say I learned very on Mm -hmm. very, that, uh, That it's okay to ask for help and that you don't need to know everything Yeah. um, through a couple of different, different reasons. Um, But yeah, I think that's like the most important thing is to know that you don't know everything and that people are there to, I think for the, I believe that people are good and people will help you. Mm -hmm. Um, You just need to vocalize what you need because no one can read your mind.
1: Exactly. Uh, Communication is key.
2: Exactly. And so I think that as well as like having, um, having good friends who I can depend on and Really, be honest about how I'm feeling, uh, because I'm not good at bottling things up. Yeah. Uh, So it's it's nice.
1: That's awesome. Um, So how do you balance like your day to day life, going to work and then doing social stuff and other things during the week? Is it mostly like work focused, and the weekends are crazy busy with social stuff, or do you try to have more of a equal balance?
2: Yeah, I try to. I try to balance it as as best as I can. I think it's, I think it's nearly impossible. to really lead to uh, unhappiness if you try to confine like Monday through Friday, you know, nine to five. I'm like absolutely in work mode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it's because I'm like kind of a night owl and like to mm-hmm. to work later on. Um, That's an
1: important thing to know about yourself.
2: Exactly how you like to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely dread waking up at 630, <laughs> 7 in the morning, and going to the office.
1: I do. I can't wake up for the life of me. I have an alarm on my phone where I have to do three math problems in order for the alarm to stop. So I can't snooze.
2: (laughs) That's funny. Um, So, yeah, I think, I think it's learning. It's, I think one, I think it's like prioritizing and figuring out what's important for you. Um, So one, a couple of things that I've like wanted to make sure I do is, and going back to that, like whole person is one, making sure that I'm, I'm, I'm staying active and healthy um, as well as like making sure that I prioritize my family. So, if I look at last week, for example, um, you know, I, I, was, I stayed in the office a little bit later on a couple of days. Um, but what that also let me do is like on Thursday, for example, I left at 2.30 so that I could um, go home and, and uh, you know, make, make a dinner with my, with my family. And cool. that was okay, right? Or making sure on like this coming Thursday, I have um, soccer on Thursdays and making sure that I can leave earlier and adjust my schedule. Um, I think for the most part, like people are... Understanding and people aren't rude or mean about you wanting to stay there. Mm-hmm. I think if that is if that is a situation that I think maybe you should, uh, if you can get change that. <laughs> um, but I think it's like about communication and like one figuring out what you care about and then two try to try to make things work around it um, and setting expectations because I think nowadays, like in the past, it's been very much. Okay, like I'm gonna work with these hours in within this time frame Nine to five. and then yeah, i'm gonna shut off I'm gonna shut off work right yeah, whereas now it's moved into such a place where you have your phone and pe- you're you can be contacted really twenty four seven and mm-hmm. so it's figuring out what works for you and then communicating that out with people who you work with
1: yeah, do you have a certain set of rules for that like do you bring any work home after the work day
2: uh depends on the day I try to like get a lot of the big stuff done during the day. Um, And then I like to leave myself like a break, um, like after work, like six to eight, six to nine. Um, Obviously if something important comes up, like I'll stop and work on that. Um, And then I like to do a little bit of work at night just to kind of flesh out any like last minute ideas. And I think it helps me prepare for the next day. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, I I would also say I like to work more than Mm -hmm. like other people, but I try to find. Yeah, that, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> I try to like. I try to find. I try to find like what works well for me, mm-hmm. and like that, I think works well for me. So it's like I can have that break and uh, sort of like at the end of the day to go and uh, work out, to mm-hmm. go and like you take know. Take care of yourself. Yeah, cook, take care of myself. Realize that I'm like a human being too, and not just like a a work machine. Yeah. And then you know do stuff later. So it just depends, and like not every day. And I think too, it's like not every day is the same. Yeah. And so awesome. figure that out.
1: Okay. So I have one more question for okay. you. Um, if you were to look back at your 19 year old about to turn 20, self, so whole 19 year old 19-year-old Nick Young, uh-huh. what advice would you give him?
2: That's a good question. Um, I, th- I think a couple of things. I would say one is to like trust your gut and trust your instinct. Uh, two that it's okay to ask for help um, even though like it seems like I kind of like I have a good grasp on things it's like still I, I don't and I think it's being conscious of that
1: everyone needs help
2: exactly everyone needs help and that it's okay Yeah. so like always ask for help
1: I think it's actually it shows strength when you are strong enough to be able to admit that you need help
2: yeah yeah I agree and I think it's hard like no one wants to ask for help like no one yeah. no one wants I think for the most part no one wants to admit that they, they don't have it yeah Um, So I think ask for help um, as well as, I think, making sure that the friends that you surround yourself with um, are people who you can make a a positive impact on and they're making a positive impact in your life.
1: Cool. Yeah, you have that duality there of um, surrounding yourself with people who you admire and people that admire you for who you are.
2: Yeah, exactly. Because I think it's hard otherwise.
1: Nice. Well, thank you so much. This has been a really great talk. Of course. (laughs) Until next time. (laughs) Sounds good.
0: A big thank you to Nick Young for joining us on Adventures of a 20-something. Thank you to all the listeners as well. If you liked this episode, you can rate it and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you're using. Keep listening in for more fun with some 20-somethings to come. Thank you!